welcome to the Commune Podcast. My name is Jeff Krasno. This week, I'm happy to bring you yet another fantastic course from the Commune Library. As you may know, in addition to being a podcast, Commune is also a video course platform featuring a wide range of programs from top teachers on personal growth, yoga, meditation, spirituality, functional medicine, nutrition, and social impact. Essentially, everything that you need to be holistically well. This week, you will be hearing from Ayurvedic practitioner Nidhi Pandya. Now, for those of you who are new to Ayurveda, here's a little background. Ayurveda is a holistic system of medicine that is indigenous and widely practiced in India. And the word Ayurveda itself is a Sanskrit term meaning the science of life. Ayu means life or daily living, and Veda is knowing. Ayurveda is thus a medical system that deals with health in all of its aspects, physical health, mental health, spiritual well-being, social welfare, environmental considerations, and dietary and lifestyle habits, as well as treating and managing specific diseases. In her program, Ayurvedic Nutrition, Nidhi shares a holistic approach to nourishing your body through the lens of Ayurveda. You'll learn how to better time your meals, strengthen digestion, use traditional Ayurvedic spices, and explore the connection between what you eat and how you actually feel. By the end of this course, you will have a newfound clarity and an action plan for lasting health in a way that's right for you. So over the course of the next five days, we will be releasing the first five parts of Nitty's course. Now, if you want to watch the full video version, which includes 10 core lessons plus a downloadable workbook, well, then I encourage you to go to onecommune.com trial and sign up for a free trial of Commune membership. That's onecommune.com trial. There you can sign up for 14 days of free all access to Commune's entire course library, including the full-length version of Ayurvedic Nutrition. Now, we'll always email you before your free trial is up. But if you continue on to become a Commune member, well, thank you. Our members are the key reason, really, we are able to create and share free content like this. And if you regularly tune into this podcast, I also ask that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Tap follow show and leave a review. It makes a huge difference. On day four, Nitty shares the simple and applicable rules of food consumption that you can bring to your life today. I hope you enjoy this lesson. So this is probably my favorite segment because I talk, get to talk to you about the basic rules of food consumption, which comes from one of my favorite ancient Ayurvedic texts called the Charak Sahita. Now, Charak is considered the father of Ayurveda. The texts that were written in Sanskrit, they say, are dated at least a thousand years, if not longer, if not more than that. And he gives us some really applicable, simple rules that you can actually bring to your life even today. So let's dive right into that. The first one is Ushnam Ashniyat. And 
The word ashniyat means eating and ushnam means warm. So the first very rule is that you want to consume your foods warm. And this means that not only do the foods need to be cooked, the foods also need to be warm in their temperature. In fact, if you go back into the history of the human body, when we first discovered fire, as a species, we really rose into being this whole Homo erectus species because we had bigger brains. We were consuming less energy for digesting. We really became this evolved brain-heavy mammal on the planet. And this can be attributed to the discovery of fire. And we want to keep that fire that talks about cooking your foods and consuming them warm. And again, this ties right back into the maintenance of your warm and moist environment. And this brings me to the second point, which no prizes for guessing, is snigdhami ashniyat, which is moist foods. So the first two principles really go into protecting the environment of the gut before they even go into anything else. That snigdham means unctuous. You want to make sure that all the foods that you eat have some level of moisture, of good fats. And I recommend that you can bring in this warm and moist in a few different ways. While you can cook your foods and consume them warm, you can add spices. But you can combine them beautifully and use a good fat and temper your spices in them and then add them to your cooked foods. And that really brings on, on that warm and moist as well. But this also means, right, if all your foods are supposed to be unctuous and moist, which means that you really want to not go for earth-heavy foods or just fire-heavy foods or wind-heavy foods. You actually want to go for foods which have a good amount of fluid in them. Now, Ayurveda talks about using ghee in all your foods. Ghee is this liquefied, clarified butter processed in a certain way, which can add unctuousness to your food. Ayurveda also strongly contraindicates low-fat foods. So, for example, when you skim the fat out of the milk or you consume, let's say, extremely dry crackers, they're imbalanced in their basic nature. So I often say, right, when somebody says, I just want to eat a piece of toast, I say, how do you bring in the warm and moist? The principle you want to follow is maybe you can toast that piece of bread. Maybe you can add a little bit of butter and make it moist. Maybe you can add some black pepper. But for everything that you eat, right, if your goal is to keep the environment of the gut at that warm and moist, and the first two basic rules of consumption are warm and moist, then even when you're not doing the whole six days, even though it's not a big full meal, at every single snack point, every single time you're consuming something in the day, you want to go back to it. If you're eating crackers, you want to probably smear some tahini or hummus on it. If you're having popcorn, you want to make sure you've had it with butter. In fact, growing up, we had popcorn with ghee and turmeric, right? Also, traditionally, a lot of foods had this into account. And one of the examples I like to use is hummus. Traditionally, hummus had a good amount of olive oil and tahini, garlic, parsley, everything balanced so that moisture was brought into it. The chickpeas were well cooked and you probably had some warm pita with it. So, First two principles, the most important to keep the environment of your gut intact.
The third principle is matravat ashniyat. Ashniyat again means, you know, eating, the process of eating. Matravat means according to the right portion. So not only do your foods have to be warm and moist, but the prescription is to not get obsessed with I need a certain grams of protein or carbohydrates or fats is to really tune in to how much can I metabolize? How much can I digest? What is my body craving, asking for? Otherwise, it's like having a little piece of land and trying to grow a big harvest and nothing really grows well. So you want to always stay tuned to that portion, the food portioning. And a second aspect of this is also the portioning of the six tastes in the food for them to not be heavy on any of the depleting tastes like the bitter taste is cooling and it's scraping, but it's not nourishing. So you want to really focus on more of the nourishing taste and you want to have them in the right proportion and you want to combine all your other five tastes as well accordingly. The next one is jirne ashniyat, which means that you only eat when your previous meal has been digested. And now this becomes a huge problem in our generation because we are used to snacking. When you're snacking, you're just barely keeping your agni alive at a bare minimum functioning level. It's not giving it the sharpness it needs. But when you eat your meals according to the Ayurvedic understanding of the circadian rhythm and you've given yourself that break, a natural hunger comes in and sets in. You know, the example that I often use is that your digestive system is working really hard to do what it's doing. It's like, just think about if you were washing, uh, washing dishes in a sink and the sink was full of dishes and then you almost got done and you were ready to reset and then somebody threw in another, another bowl in there. And that's kind of the overload that your digestive system feels when we are constantly snacking and eating you know, sooner than the digestion has happened. So Ayurveda has a great way of understanding when your foods have been digested. You can follow the circadian clock and make sure that natural hunger is present when you eat. The next principle is Shita Ushna Akramat Sevanat, which means that when you have Shita is cold. Ushna is warm. Akramat is in the wrong order. Sevanat again is consumption, which means that if you're constantly combining, you know, cold foods with warm foods, you're having an ice cream and right with that, you're drinking a hot chocolate. And when you kind of mix these two temperatures and you're doing one after the other, your gut is confused. You know, we know that as human beings, your body works really hard to maintain the 98.7, to maintain that temperature. And it's like getting into winter and summer and winter and summer. And that's kind of the experience your gut has. And it does not get any time to transition. You could, however, let's say consume something cold, let your body settle in for a few minutes and then go and drink a warm cup of water. That would be fine. But you don't want to do them alternate at the same time. 
What this also means, the second indication of this is you don't want to come from a really hot day and then drink something cold or come from a really cold day and without your body really setting in, reach out for something hot. You want to give your body transition time when you're traveling into different temperatures, just a little gradually, and then your body can transition much easier and it doesn't give your body a shock. The next thing it says, and I find this very interesting, is Ishta deshe, ishta sarva upakraman cha ashniyad, which says that you want to eat in a place that is desirable to you, right? Because sometimes when you read all of these rules and all of these prescriptions, I mean, the joy out of eating can be taken away, but that's extremely important. It says that you want to eat in the desired place, somewhere you like to sit and you feel comfortable and safe. I mean, again, I say, think about it. Our first relationship with food is established at the breast of the mother for most of us. And it's a very safe place. So you want to bring in that same level of safety and coziness. At the same time, you want to eat in in bowls or in vessels, in utensils that you feel comfortable and you want to eat foods that you like to eat. And that again becomes a really big part as to your body feeling safe. And when your body feels safe and your body is not in survival mode and then it's in the rest and digest mode, which means everything is enhanced. Your agni is functioning at its best. You're not running away from a tiger and you're feeling happy and digestion is automatically enhanced. The principle after this is na ati dhrutam ashniyad. The word na means not, ati is excessively, dhrutam is fast, and ashniyad is eating. So you don't want to eat too fast, right? So I have only 10 minutes for lunchtime. That is going to hurt your body in the long term. So you want to sit down, eat bite by bite and blend in your food. What happens is that when we eat really fast, we kind of swallow in a lot of air and wind, right? Wind is, wind creates havoc. Wind changes. Imagine a wind blowing on your bonfire. You have this nice little bonfire going on and then you have this gush of wind. It's going to make it volatile and it's going to kind of fluctuate the temperature in there. And when that happens, again, your the effectiveness to be able to extract nutrients from your food gets compromised. So there has to be a steady pace, not too fast. And the next one definitely again is na ati vilambit ashniyat, which means you don't want to eat too slowly either. And several times we hear, and this might even take you back to maybe some of the traditions you grew up with, sayings you grew up with that, you know, chew 32 times because you have 32 teeth. But you don't want to eat too slowly either, right? And we often see this with children that are sitting at their meals. I know I have my two daughters and I used to be a stickler for not sitting on the table, on the dining table forever. And the reason why you don't do that is because when you sit for a long time with your food, the food becomes cold. And the first principle is you want to consume your foods while they're still warm. So sitting for long periods when you have no way of warming your food makes them really cold. And then that cold food goes back into your digestive system, into your agni and cools it down. The next one is alpajan. Ahasan, Tanamana, Bhunjita. 
So this word, tana, mana, bhunjita, it's probably my favorite two words in this whole rules of consumption. Tana is body and mana is mind. And bhunjita again is to consume. So it says without laughing too much, you know, without talking too much, a Hassan is laughing and without laughing, a is without and Hassan is laughing. And a jalpan is not talking too much. So without speaking too much and without laughing too much, you want to bring your mind and body. You want to eat with your tana, which is your body, and your mana, which is your mind. So we often miss this point. We're just eating through our bodies. But when you're going to orient your mind to the food as well, the digestion is much better. Your body, I mean, sometimes even thinking of a food you like can make a person salivate, like really bring, activate those enzymes. So imagine when your entire mind is dedicated to the understanding of the food you're eating and and digestion is so much more effective. The reason why talking is contraindicated, and I know this goes against the whole family dinner time concept, is that, again, when you're talking too much, you open your mouth more than you need to, and then you swallow air that way, which again brings down your bonfire. The Ahasan has the same thing. In fact, laughing and yawning allows you to really take in big amounts of air while yawning is something you can't control. You know, I often see people watch videos and being entertained while they're eating. I have started a practice in my family where we kind of sit down all together and we really slow down and really engage, get into our foods and do the whole tanamana bhunjita. I have this meditation that I want to share with you as well where you engage all your five senses, right? Your five senses are also connected to the five elements. But you really look at your food and you notice the elements that your food carries. And then you want to smell your food and inhale the fragrance. And that really signals to your brain already what is coming. You may want to even touch your food. And you touch your foods and you see the temperature when your body becomes familiar with the temperature of the food. And that's why finger foods come into play as well when it comes to Ayurveda. And when you do that and your body understands the temperature and adjusts accordingly, if your food has a sizzling sound, then you want to tune into that as well. So you really bring all your senses, your eyes, your nose, your sense of touch, your sense of sound to your food. And then you take the first bite and get your tongue involved. And by then your tongue is ready for the food. Your digestive system is ready for the food. And the flavors sometimes just really burst out more. And it becomes a very meditative experience. You kind of go into a trance and a flow. And that's what it is really, the tanamana bhunjita, to go from survival to a thriving mode when you consume your food so that your body is really working for itself towards health. And now the last, the last one is atmanam abhi samikshya. Bhunjita Samyak, that once again, you before you start to eat, 
you want to really get your soul, your Atma is your soul involved. And you want to do Abhishek, which means you want to offer gratitude for the food. You want to say your grace. And Bhunjita again is to consume. And why are you doing that? So while it's feel good, the right thing to do. So the science behind it is that not only gratitude is this feel good, but it really kind of allows your body to release certain neurotransmitters. I'm just going to call them juices that put your body again in this mode, which is more effective for digestion. And just by feeling gratitude towards it and coming back to the present moment, you are for free enhancing the digestion. And now when you just think about these rules, right, and you think about all the extent to which we go to eat well, to extract nutrients, reading labels, buying foods from the best places. And if we were simply just to tweak a certain things so we could follow these rules and automatically put our body in a mode where it's doing its best job of making the best out of our foods. I mean, so much of this battle becomes easier. So with these 10 rules, right, which are simple, easy to follow, you don't need any ingredients, you don't need any utensils, you just do you, and it brings you to a place of better nutrition. So if all of this Sanskrit terminology is very confusing for you, and you wonder how you're going to remember these basic rules of food consumption, I have for you in your worksheet, a little cheat sheet that kind of lists it down. So you can print it out, you can put it up in your kitchen, you can keep revisiting it, but that cheat sheet will really allow you to keep on track. So in the 10 basic rules of consumption, we talked about jirne ashniyat, which means eating only when your previous meal has been digested. And to be honest with you, our relationship with food has been damaged so much that it becomes hard for a lot of us to tune in and see, am I really hungry? Has my food been digested? So of course, Ayurveda being this very precise and comprehensive science has actually provided a formula for us to understand whether your food has been digested or not. So some of the parameters to assess the digestion of food is Udgar Shuddhi. Udgar is belching and Shuddhi is clean, which means that if you're burping and you can still taste your food, your food has not been digested. And not everybody burps, but one way to assess hunger is drink a few sips of hot water. And usually, right, usually that will bring up a burp for a lot of people. And if that burp still has a strong taste of something that you ate previously, you're not ready to eat again. But if that's a clean burp and it doesn't feel like anything, chances are that you're moving towards genuine hunger. The second one is utsaha or, or enthusiasm, energy, which means that when you usually have food in your system and your digestive system is consuming energy, you're not at your full capacity of energy. And that's not just your mental vitality, that's at your physical level. When you feel like you're fully energetic and you're back, it means that your food has been digested. There are a few other signs. Vega utsarga, 
Now, this is a really, really important one, which is evacuation, proper evacuation of bowels, urine, and flatulence, which means that if you have the urge to have a bowel movement and urine and urinate and any kind of flatulence, you want to first let that go. And ideally, when you're in a state when none of these three are urges and you there is no flatulence, you've probably had a bowel movement. And it doesn't mean you need to have multiple bowel movements every time you eat. It just means that you kind of feel clean within. There is no imminent urge. And chances are that your Agni is coming back up. Then is Laghuta, is a natural lightness of the body, which kind of ties into Utsaha, a lightness and an energeticness, a vitality. The last two are Kshut and Pipasa. Kshut is that hunger. And once again, tuning in, noticing where the hunger comes from, whether it's the chest or really from the stomach. And Pipasa is thirst. So when there is a natural thirst and hunger and all your urges, everything has been evacuated from the body, there is an enthusiasm, there is no taste in your belching. Of course, if it's been a few hours, then you know that you're, right, that you're ready to consume your next meal. Now, after having gone through these basic rules of consumption, and while some of them may have been easy, you know, may sound easy to follow. Some of them may sound difficult to follow. As your homework now, since this whole course is really about going back to you, as your homework, I want you to think about which ones of these do you follow already? Maybe you already eat cooked foods because, you know, you're, you're used to cooked foods. Maybe you're just particular about sitting and eating quietly. So look at them and see which ones are challenging. I understand that it's not always possible for us to get to all of them, but you want to do seven or eight out of 10 at every meal. Uh, so as your homework, there's a little introspective exercise in your worksheet, which will allow you to do this. Thank you so much for listening to this excerpt from Nidhi Pandya's course, Ayurvedic Nutrition. If you want to watch the full video version, which includes 10 core lessons plus a downloadable workbook, well, I encourage you to go to onecommune.com slash trial and sign up for a free trial of commune membership. That's onecommune.com slash trial. There you can sign up for 14 days of free all access to commune's entire course library including the full-length version of Ayurvedic Nutrition. Of course, feel free to email me anytime with suggestions or criticism of the constructive variety at jeffk at onecommune.com. Okay, that's all from the commune for today. My name is Jeff Krasno, and I'm here for you. <laughs>